0: I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. It's time to pay attention. Come on, people. Think about it. Welcome to Mortgage Matters mortgage industry is not rocket science. Your guide to the information you can use to choose the best answers to your real estate financing questions. If that loan agent tells you that, get up and run away. Now, here's your host on State Newslay. Your guy in the mortgage industry, Guy Rivera. Okay, we are here on Tuesday, February, January 8th. My first show of the year, and it's going to be a great show. I'm really excited about this show being my first show of the, of the year, 2018. But first, let me just say, you know, our Guarantee Mortgage, Victoria and I and our team, our, our hearts and prayers go out to those affected in Montecito. A lot of our friends, family are out there. We've been hearing some things, and, you know, we just put in a good prayer for them. Throughout, you know, for the rest of the week, it's a very same, very sad thing going on out there. And we just hope the best. Um, today's show is going to be really good. I'm going to tell you why. Because I have uh, a really great guest on my show. When I started the show four years ago, it was just going to be for six months, maybe 12. Here it is four years later. I promised to bring the professionals in the real estate industry, all facets, Uh, to this show not just mortgages it's called mortgage matters but i have had uh, my appraisers my home inspectors i've had sign guys i've had real estate agents um title people home inspectors i mean everybody that has to do with the real estate transaction i've had on this show and we've gotten great response we have great great listeners out there and we get a bunch of cool calls and if you want to call in to talk to my guest today, the the man on State Street, John Tyne of Goodwin and Tyne. Say hello, John.
1: Hello, Guy. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. And uh, we at Goodwin and Tyne Properties, Kevin Goodwin, myself, and our team, we also extend our condolences to everybody in Montecito affected by the fires and the mudslides and mudflows today. But it is good to see you, Guy. It's good to see you.
0: Thanks, Sean. It's always great to see you, too. Um, I take the first couple of minutes. I'm going to bring John in after I make my more uh, market I'm going to make my market announcement short because John being here has a lot of important things to say immediately for um, the, the immediate needs of the victims of our fire floods, what's going on out there There's some fraudulent things happening in the real estate industry. You're going to want to tune in if you want to call him 564 564 Five six four, one nine two zero. I believe. Well, let, let's let Richard get back in here. Um, but let me just start off with our uh, with our market news. Richard, five six four twelve ninety. 1290 So I start off with asking Richard how he was doing all week. You're you're handling the rain. You're handling everything. Everything good with you, Richard? As mm-hmm. Dugan is our engineer here. Mm-hmm. Check the answer machine this week. Mm-hmm. Did Jeff Bridges call? Well, Jeff, if you're out there you want to talk about mortgages, I'm your guy. You're a guy in the mortgage industry. Right here, 564-1290. I'm going to start and keep this short because I want to get to John real quick. Today's interest rates on jumbo loans, you know, I have a seven-year fixed at 3.5% up to $3 million. No points with an APR of 4.050. Ten-year fixed at 3.875. APR of 4.191. These are no point loans. These are up to three million dollars with twenty percent down. You can't beat it. It's good stuff. Um, conforming loans uh, are basically holding steady, although those rates are going up because the 10-year yield is going up, and I'll get into that here pretty quick. But you're looking at four and an eighth with a four point one eight nine APR for conforming, four and a quarter, four point two eight seven APR for high balance that, that, that high balance is still capped at 6255 in Santa Barbara County but yesterday you know yesterday was uh, was a good day. Bonds came out the, the mortgage bonds they were flat they were unchanged from last week. Uh, the Treasury s- sold billion billion three-year notes today. Now that that sale didn't go real well. Garnered a C rating. I started seeing price changes right after that auction. The 10-year went from 2.47 to 2.51 today. You're going to see a little bit of difference in the rates tomorrow in the fee, not the rate itself. But the big thing is Fannie Mae released its home purchase sentiment index, which fell two points in December. Reversing last month's rise. The net share of respondents who said now is a good time to buy home, a home declined. Well, the net share who rep- reported that now is a good time to sell a home remained flat. So that was some interesting news yesterday. The economic data that came out won't come out until um, Thursday. Fourth quarter earnings season kicks off later this week. Earnings for S&P 500 companies are expected to increase by nearly 12% in Q4, up from 8 a year ago. This is pretty amazing stuff. Rates are unstable right now. I don't care what anybody says. Rates are unstable. Stock markets doing its thing at the expense of the bond market and that's just the way it is. It's going to settle down because we got a lot of geopolitical stuff going on. Gonna, so I believe rates are going to maintain their current levels. They're not going to spike up, but that's my humble feeling. Now, I could go more into the market, but like I said, I'm, I'm going to cut this short because John Tyne is in the, the studio with us, and I want to get right to John. John, thanks so much for being here. You and I we're talking about some stuff that is going to directly affect our Santa Barbara friends and family. And, and one of the things that that really stood out to me um, is your immediate experience with the homeowners for insurance claims. And that was pretty fascinating on the little tidbit that you gave me. So why don't you expand on that? What should people know about insurance claims for damages Caused by mudslides. Let's take it from the immediate um, disaster right now.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a really great question, guy. And uh, sadly, you and I were talking not very long ago about fire claims, which I know we're going to get to in a few minutes. But today, uh, given the devastation that we're seeing and the deaths and the destruction that uh, Montecito is currently undergoing with the mudslides, I thought it would be good to talk about. A few things that are uh, implicated when people sustain damages and losses from mudslides. Um, one thing to know is that there is a distinction between the term mudslide and mud flow. And insurance policies. Um, I might mention that I'm an attorney as well yeah, as a real I'm, estate broker. And I'm, I'm sorry a professor about that. Of law.
0: John 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 Tine is is the guy on State Street. He's a real estate attorney. He's a realtor. He's a professor. I mean, you, you, you're the guy that knows this, and I'm happy to have you here, and I apologize for that.
1: It's quite all right. Uh, lots of hats. Um, Lay it but, on us, but John. Mud slide is a movement of earth or rock that travels down, downhill. And a mud flow, by comparison, is the runny, watery stream of mud that causes damages. And there's a distinction there, and it's a distinction that insurance carriers make when people sustain uh, losses as a result of either a mudslide or a mudflow. Is Um, that
0: in the policy itself in certain areas that people live in, like up on Mountain Drive, that would be inserted onto that policy as opposed to a track house in Goleta?
1: Absolutely. And it's definitely an excellent point. Consumers may not understand the distinction between mudslide and mudflow. And we all look at these long contracts like an insurance policy and there's typically a section called definitions. And in those definitions, you have lots of words that are defined that you don't think much about. And as it turns out, the definition of mudslide or the definition of mud flow can have a major impact on whether or not your damages are covered. Now, the good news is that um, a lot of fire insurance claims uh, do cover mudslides that are due to fires. And if it can be established that the reason that the mudslide occurred or that the mud flow occurred was due to a fire that took down the trees and the sustenance in the land that normally would protect from that type of damage, a fire insurance policy could actually cover some of these damages. However, more commonly, we see that these damages are covered by flood insurance policies or, in some cases, earthquake insurance policies. Uh, Flood insurance generally covers mud flow but not mud slides, meaning that what's people are uh, having experience today, a lot of that is going to be mud flow. The people that are having the runny water that's coming in. I have a client and dear friend who lives in Mead down by the ocean right behind the Coral Casino. She had to break her window to get out of her ground floor unit today. It's completely covered in mud. Her car is buried in mud down in the, in the garage uh, right there. So that's a mud flow incident. We've heard about some death and destruction caused by a boulder that came down off the hillside. Yeah, it's horrible. That's a mudslide. So that's the distinction.
0: You know, just thinking about it um, happening here in our community is, I mean, I was born and raised in Santa Barbara. Something like that has never happened. It happened in La Cuchita. But in Santa Barbara, I mean, where
1: were you born? Were you born and raised here? No, I was born in Boston. I've moved 17 times. Uh, eventually, I, I found Air Santa Force Barbara. Air Force
0: brat or Air Force guy, um, military guy? Or, yeah,
1: you yeah. Know, Dad was climbing the corporate ladder.
0: <laughs> okay, so, yeah, born and raised here. I've seen all the fires since I was a kid, but I've never seen devastation like this. And this was a truly one-two punch. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Richard's giving us that finger. Um, I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. I'm talking with John Tyne, Goodwin and Tyne Properties. This is really good, interesting stuff. If anybody out there has any questions for John, feel free to give a call. He's right here, 564 1290. Um, We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters. I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. We are talking with John Tyne, real estate attorney, broker, professor of law. He is just the guy you want on your side. I know it because we have done deals together. I see how this guy actually um, executes. And you know, it's great when he's on your side. Scary if he's not. And, uh, I, you know, I've seen it. So, John, again, thanks for being here. because I, I think that what you have to say is real important at this time. Um, what you have to say is important all the time, but this particular time matters. I, I, I know it. 564-1290, uh, if anyone wants to talk to John, regarding fire insurance claims, what do you think people should consider? Right now, I mean, we just... You know, coming out of this left-right one-two punch, um, I know that you said mud flow is usually covered by the fire insurance claim.
1: It, it can be. It can be. It can okay. be if you if you establish that the mud flow was caused by a recent fire, and certainly in, in this Santa instance, yeah. yeah. I mean.
0: It, that's what's probably going to happen here, right? I think
1: it is an easy claim to make. And so, if, yeah, although there may be reasons not to do that, right? If you do have flood insurance and you have a fire insurance policy uh, and you've sustained a loss from the recent fires, you may want to put your fire benefits through your fire insurance policy and then seek recompense through the flood insurance for your mudslide or your mud flow damages that have occurred since that time. So, so. The, the one thing that people should know is that in the event that you don't have a copy of your policy readily hand, uh, at your hands, you can request it from your carrier, and your carrier has to provide it to you free of charge within 30 days of having made a request for your complete policy. And once you get your policy, it's a really good idea to sit down with somebody in the insurance industry or with an attorney and go through that policy and really understand what your benefits are and what you are entitled to. People are entitled to all sorts of things that they don't think about. Uh, in this particular incident in Santa Barbara, we've had a, a state of emergency declared by the state, and that changes some things. We also had a federal national disaster declared. Right. And that does uh, change things. One thing it does is it, it requires the carriers to provide additional living expenses. A-L-E is the acronym we use for that additional living expenses for 24 months following the incident or up to 24 months. And additional living expenses are those living expenses that have increased as a result of your displacement or losses that you've sustained uh, by the fire. This can be obvious things like rent uh, for a new place if your home is a complete loss or if it's a partial loss that impacts your ability to live there. Uh, of course, you're entitled to a replacement property. And here's what a lot of people make an error. They make a mistake. They figure, oh, I'm going to stay with some friends or with some family or I'm going to get a a, a less expensive place or a very small place because I don't want to be a burden to anybody. This is a user to lose it type of a benefit. You you should use the additional living expenses benefit to the fullest extent because if you don't, you don't get any additional credit or any additional funds later in your property loss or your personal property losses. You just lose those benefits. The other thing that it does, which is really really important, is it sets a tone for the claim. I've had people that had homes that were very large homes uh, who lost them in a fire. And before they came to meet with an attorney, they had gone and gotten a two-bedroom condo, uh, which may be in a better location, but it was so small. The carrier got the idea that, oh, well, maybe this person was overinsured. Uh, if they're willing to take a small two-bedroom uh, replacement property, maybe maybe they had too much insurance, and they fought them every step of the way on their property damage. Whereas I had other people with a relatively modest home who stuck to their guns, and they required the carrier to rent them a a comparable property, uh, and the carrier just went ahead and confessed all the policy limits to them. Uh, The other thing, though, about policy limits is that a lot of the folks who recently sustained a loss due to the fire, they've already received checks from the insurance carriers, and they think, oh, this is great. I've got a great insurance company. They're standing by me. Wonderful. Not so right? They're sending these checks to try to keep people from really investigating what other benefits they may be entitled to. And sometimes some of the uh, carriers, not all, but some of them will send a check and require the um, insured to sign a release that says, oh, this is an acceptance of all the benefits under my policy. That's definitely something people should not do without consulting with an attorney first.
0: Yeah. See, that is... You know that's policy for some companies, you know there's been books and there's been movies made about how insurance companies I don't think it's really intentional. I think that it could be you know for you know cash retention, profit retention, and whatnot, but you know it's a it's a cut and easy dry, but I think in their position, they should everybody I've never had a claim on my insurance for years, like fifteen years since I've been living. You know, you pay all that money right. in hundreds right. of thousands. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah,
1: people don't think about people that. People don't
0: think about that.
1: And the Sh- business of insurance. They, they collect premiums from millions of people. They take that money. They invest that money, right? It's You know, in the mortgage industry, this is an interesting way that it all ties together. In the mortgage industry, oftentimes it's an insurance company that's providing the capital to finance the uh, mortgage yeah. that's being put on real property, I have
0: yeah, I, I deal with insurance companies, but and that's, that's your money, big dollar, that's your month. premiums, yeah. And so let me let me just sum sum this up because I think it's real important. I know after the fires up there, my wife and I broke out our insurance policy, and we were reading it. And, you know, I read it and I went over it and read it. You know, and just because it got me thinking. Disasters like this get people thinking. Sure. And you should be thinking about it more than you were a year ago. And that's you know what I mean,
1: John? It's I, it, do. It, it's, I do. You I,
0: probably think about stuff like well, you go over it every day. That's I what do. you deal you know, with. So
1: people don't think about the fact that pet boarding and mileage increases and in food for a temporary period of time and clothing and furnishings, all of this needs to be covered. And all of that should be characterized as additional living expenses so as to not tip into your personal property coverage or your real property coverage. Because when it comes to real property coverage and personal property coverage, there's also a lot of stuff that people should know. I don't know when you're cutting out to break here, but uh, a lot of folks ask questions about what actual cash value means because that's what their insurance policy talks about. It says you're entitled to the actual cash value of the property. Well, there's a distinction between a partial loss and a total loss. If you've had a partial loss, meaning that some of your home was damaged, maybe by smoke or, in this case, by mud flow, mm-hmm. that is a result of the fire, uh, then it is the cost to repair or replace the parts of your property that were damaged uh, reduced by a, a reasonable depreciation. But if you've sustained a total loss, if your house burned down and is, uh, it's gone. just gone, it's lost – Then you are entitled to the fair market value of that home, whatever the home would be worth today, not the cost to replace it. To replace, but the full fair market. Full fair market. No depreciation comes in or anything. That's right. Exactly. So
0: this is very interesting stuff, and we're going to cut to a quick commercial. But just, just to to hit a real power point here, you said it. You said that people really need to think about this. Get together with their insurance provider, their agent, or an attorney, you, John, would give them a con- consultation, and it's good just to get a separate set of eyes and get a layman's explanation on this, right? Because, you know, I'm not, obviously, when it comes to that, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I do understand it, but it's always better to have an expert give you the, you know, the PowerPoints of of, of any type of policy, we're going to take another quick commercial break. Just a quick reminder that this show is rebroadcast Tuesdays at 10 p.m. and Sundays at noon. We're talking with John Tyne. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Speaking with John Tyne, um, we're covering some really good stuff and um we're going to move into another we're going to move into another area here that John John brought up actually
1: and so before the break we were talking about um people understanding their rights right. when they have a loss like a uh, fire loss or The results of a fire loss from mud flow and and, uh, mudslides and things of that nature. Something that we should talk about, since this is Mortgage Matters, is what happens to your mortgage when you've had a total loss of your property? Do you get to just stop paying your mortgage since your house isn't there anymore? And the answer, of course, is no. no. It happens quite often that clients will receive a check from the insurance carrier. And that check is not written only to them, but rather to them and their primary lender, or them and anybody who has right. a lien against the property. Right, and that's called a countersigned
0: check. Right, that's right. That's right. Send it into you, and yeah, I've gotten those calls. What happens, guy? You know, and, and so go ahead. I want you to explain it in layman's terms.
1: So depending on whether you're rebuilding your home or if you're going to move elsewhere, you may or may not be obligated to pay your mortgage in full. Uh, If you're going to abandon the property and not rebuild and take the insurance proceeds and just pick up and go elsewhere, um, then you have to pay your mortgage off. But you retain the land. You're still the owner of the land, and you have the ability to sell that land later. Um, So wait
0: a minute. The insurance company... Will pay your mortgage off if you have a total loss.
1: Well, no, no, they'll uh, pay.
0: They'll pay you full market value of that property
1: for a total loss. Full market value of the structure of the which structure is insured right. by the insurance policy. So. If uh, no, and sometimes that's not enough to pay your mortgage off. Sometimes it. it's not. That's exactly and sometimes right. Sometimes it's more than your mortgage. It depends on, of course, what your financial circumstances were. So if you're in a situation where your mortgage is in excess of the benefits to which you are legally entitled, the decision to rebuild your property or not may hinge upon whether or not your insurance, uh, whether or not your mortgage is due in full. If it is um, due in full, right. should you move, but it's greater than the amount of money that you're going to receive from the carrier and you can't afford to pay the balance of the mortgage, uh, then you may have to rebuild. You may be in a situation where you, you need to stay and you need to rebuild and you'll continue to make those mortgage payments uh, regularly, monthly, as as your contract provides.
0: Through the insurance as a, as a, as a loss.
1: However, yes. However yeah. you do it. So, I mean, that's...
0: And that is interesting that you should say that because, as you know, my company is – our company is headquarters in Santa Rosa, um, Northern Mm -hmm. California. We've had a lot. I mean, they lost 5,000 structures, some of my underwriters, some of my other loan agents up there. They lost homes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was talking to him. He said, I just got up and I went and just went out and bought another property.
1: And a lot of people make that decision. And yeah. that's a decision that should be made when you're consulting with an insurance, uh, with a, an attorney, with a real estate broker. Uh, you really should sit down and before you make that choice, you should understand what it's going to mean. What does right. it mean with respect to your existing mortgage? What does it mean with respect to your insurance policy? The, because this is a state of emergency declared by the state of California, uh, an insurance carer has to allow you to rebuild elsewhere. If you choose to rebuild elsewhere, that's unique. So it's because it's the state of emergency that allows people to leave the specific location. So if you had a house on Stanwood or if you were up on Gibraltar and your home burned and you want to rebuild but you don't want to rebuild there – They have to give you the opportunity to rebuild that home somewhere else. Is it within
0: the same county? You can go statewide, wherever. You
1: can go statewide, wherever. See, this
0: is all good stuff that I didn't even know that.
1: They also cannot uh, cancel your insurance policy during the rebuilding. Uh, And they also, under the California uh, Fair Plan Act, Um, they have to continue to provide insurance for those affected areas. And people worry about that a lot. Oh, we've had a disaster. Does that mean I can't get insurance going forward? Now, in a place like La Conchita, of course, a lot of those folks were told you cannot rebuild. This county will not let you rebuild. And if you stay, you stay at your own peril. That's a different story than than what we're faced with right now in Montecito.
0: And a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of conventional lenders wouldn't even loan in that. Place. That's uh, true. Yeah. You know, a lot of them still aren't lending there. Uh,
1: uh, uh, that's true. Another really important thing for us all to consider as a community is that there are a number of other victims of the fire other than those who were directly affected by the loss of a home or damages to their home. And that's primarily our small businesses here in town.
0: I was getting to that, but I wanted to give credit where credit is due. Alyssa Tyne <laughs> talked, and she texted uh, you. Alyssa Tine, my yeah, wife. Yeah, Alyssa you right. Tine, your wife, texted and said, you know, a good thing to... Uh, and she's she's become a great real estate agent herself. She's doing
1: very well. Kudos yeah. to her. Yeah, she's very she's,
0: successful. She's yeah, very smart, very, very nice lady. Um, congratulations on that. And she's called, she texted you and said... It'd be a good idea to talk about business loss. So That's let's... Right.
1: we're actually celebrating Goodwin and Tyne Properties fourteenth uh, anniversary and each year we have an anniversary party right across the street here at the University Club. We're gonna do it and we're featuring small businesses. We're allowing our we're inviting our, our customers, our clients, our friends who have small businesses to come. Because small businesses have been severely impacted by this, we've all read about, say, cheese that has closed their business as a result of the business interruption that they've experienced through the fires. I know Mundos over on Milpis right now could use a lot of love and people Louise, coming by there. Louis, I was there today and Fenty. I was speaking
0: with Ann Rizzoli, and she's—we were the—we—they had two people, and and my wife and I were the only ones. To go there today, and it was twelve thirty.
1: And it's not just restaurants; it's retailers. Yep. It's yep. it's everybody on, of course. State Street is is uh, strongly affected by this. People on Coast Village Road. We saw pictures of the honor Obviously, bar today yeah. with the flood running down the street right in front of the honor bar and, and Trattoria Molly. So do do your community a favor and uh, go out you, and eat. Go out and patronize eat, these
0: you know? these. Yeah, go out. But I talked to C.J. Ward today as well from the restaurant. And Ann's thing was, hey, they were telling everybody, stay home, stay home. And then this is a direct effect on the small businesses. That's right. You know what? When they say stay home, it means stay the hell out of the way of the first responders and the stuff going on over there. It doesn't mean abandon your community here in Santa Barbara on State Street. And, you know, every. And it is having in an Ilpa. effect. in Milpus Street, you know, it's stay on this side of town. Go and eat. Hit your... Hit your local stores. We are all in this together and we have to be together. We have to stay together on it and we have to support each other. But and Stan- one of the
1: things you can do is if you didn't sustain that direct loss or even if you did, is to do exactly that. You know, seek out local businesses. Go out and find those, those folks who are hurting right now. Go to Cadiz if you otherwise might not. Uh, right. Go to the James Joyce and raise a pint to your friends or to the firemen and, and thank the firemen. We're also uh, very proud to announce that uh, Lacey and I are on the committee for the Kick Ash Bash. I, I saw hope that. that my, uh, I hope that my pronunciation and alliteration was good enough there. Eric Phillips and Sheila Herman and uh, Pat Nesbitt and a group of people came together, Arlene Montesano, just an amazing group of people, came together and decided that they wanted to thank the the firemen uh, and the firewomen that, that helped us through the tragedy. And so on February 25th, we have a, a big party planned for them and for their families to say thank you. It's going to be a great, fun day. There's going to be tickets available. We're raising money if you're interested in donating. To the Kick Ash, with an H at the end, Bash. I saw that. Um, please uh, reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, reach out to my wife, Alicia on Facebook, or uh, to Eric Phillips, or to Pat Nesbitt, or anybody if you know him.
0: Can we have you and Alacia uh, back on this show next month before that? Sure. And we'll just promote the heck out of it? We'd love to. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll just keep doing, uh, you know, we'll, and I'll just keep mentioning it up until the... That would be great. You know, we can talk about... Um, We can talk about that, talk about the, you know, I'm trying to get Pat in here as well. Um, He's a great guy. I love Pat. He's, as you know, retiring as well. Okay, Richard's giving us a finger. We are going to take another quick commercial break. We're talking with John Tyne. I'm Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back speaking with John Tyne, uh, real estate attorney, broker, just all around good guy, good one in Tyne Properties. And so we just touched on. And how deep did we get into the business loss? Did so, we get deep into it, or did we just
1: we we we've talked about a lot of things uh but we on the break here we I had know, an but i want to awesome finish the I know that's okay. a good
0: one, but right. i want to finish the business loss right. because so that I'm... is a good point. We've talked about going out there and but Those businesses,
1: loss of business, I know- They're also entitled to recover benefits. Yes, they they are. Business uh, insurance, and most do, because like when you purchase a home and you get a mortgage, you have to prove that you have a homeowner's insurance policy. A lot of times, commercial landlords will require that their uh, tenants have business insurance policies. And those business insurance policies cover things like business interruptions, and business interruptions are caused by things like natural disasters, you have I. To e, be floods, in and the, fires.
0: You have to be in the affected the affected, area, affected zone. Yeah, ex- affected zone, and that's the most important thing people need to know: that you have to be in the affected zone. A lot of the guys on State Street were. Louise was. Um, she was in the affected zone. Obviously, all of Melpiss and mm-hmm. and so was Village uh, Road. Road. So yep. those guys are all putting in those claims, rightfully so, but to wrap and, up and
1: don't take no for an answer. A lot of people are told out of the gate, "Oh, you can't prove that that was caused by the the fires," and they give up. And that's where really getting competent counsel or just being, you know, being diligent in pursuing. My goodness, if your business has been interrupted, you have the time to be on the phone with your insurance broker and your insurance carrier and and trying to get those damages covered. Right. But competent counsel
0: is great. Now let's move over to cuz we're both excited about this one. Right. Our my engineer Richard Dugan asked a very very good question. Uh, let's talk about rent renters. Sixty percent of our town are
1: renters. That's right. Sixty percent of our citizens he, here in Santa Barbara lease their properties, and many of them, many of them, unfortunately, not all. And this is gets to your point, Guy, about times like this making you think. Many of them carry renters insurance policies, and renter insurance is is traditionally much lower than homeowners insurance policies. I've talked with some of my clients who pay less than $20 a month to have a renter's insurance policy. And it does cover things like, of course, damages to personal property from smoke, from uh, ash, from uh, fire if they've lost it in the fire. But it also uh, covers evacuations. And if you've been mandatorily evacuated from your property, even as a tenant, you are able to get additional living expenses caused by that evacuation. You can get rent uh, that that covers the temporary stay. You can get uh, increased mileage to and from work or to and from your normal uh, daily living activities. You can get clothing and, and things of that nature if you had to leave in a hurry. I, I have a dear friend in in Ventura who unfortunately... Uh, lost his home, but uh, he and his family got out, but they got out with the clothes on their back and and the car they were in, and that was it. They didn't even save the other car. Wow. Uh, and so they have to buy all new clothing. They have to buy all new furnishings. They have to put their pets in a, in a boarding location. Um, all of these are additional living expenses that renters can claim on a renter's insurance policy. And uh, they are covered. Now, Richard makes a great point that that doesn't forgive your obligation to pay rent to the landlord because, of course, the landlord is not responsible for this natural disaster. But it can be paid. uh, um, your, Your accommodations can be paid for in the meantime by your insurance carrier. So this was a good thing. This was a great thing that you
0: brought that up, Richard. You reminded Mr. Tine, which doesn't usually happen a lot. He actually wrote it write, down. I
1: did write it down. And it he remembers
0: nervous. everything, this guy. I know. I can, you know, I can, I'm telling you. If I'm talking to him, okay, guy, did you remember this? Yeah, okay, John. Yeah. So um, if you want somebody good on your side, you want the best, John Tine, that was a great question. Um, John, so I think uh, I want to, I okay, so you're a successful real estate attorney. You told me something that was pretty disturbing the other day, and I want you to throw this out. And um, it's very serious um, regarding Aquin Financial, but not the Aquin Financial. Another cyber Aquin Financial.
1: Well, yeah, and I, I don't. I, I certainly don't want to implicate Aquin because no. they're, they're they're victims of this as well. But there is a current fraud that is being perpetuated upon. People in distress uh, on their mortgages, people who are maybe fell behind on their mortgage payments, uh, maybe in um, uh, pre-foreclosure. It's a term that that I don't really generally ascribe to, but it means that they've received a notice of default informing them that they are more than 90 days late on their mortgage payments. That
0: pre-foreclosure is an electronic thing that really should not happen. That's just a crock of... Whatever, uh, well, and know. we and we talked I mean, about the fact that there about, was recently you
1: know? a Montecito citizen who just went to jail, or at least is on trial for um, for having created this uh, uh, fraudulent company that was allegedly selling lists of properties in "quote unquote" pre foreclosure, which is a made up word, um, and they they were not legitimate, and he was not giving refunds and all that stuff, and he's been indicted, but but at the same time, recently I've been contacted by a few people that have been in the the notice of default scenario where they're getting letters. They've applied for loan modifications. They've sought homeowner assistance. And they've recently gotten some letters that are on Aquin Stationery that refer to their specific loan number, that have their name, their address, has Aquin's uh, insignia all over it, and it looks exactly like a typical loan modification letter that says, congratulations, you've been accepted into this trial payment program where we're going to have you pay three payments uh, toward a modified mortgage. um, Do they have them fill
0: out any forms and do the whole thing? Because modifications are... A uh, modification, there's a lot of paperwork involved there, with a modification.
1: There is. The interesting thing is from what I've seen thus far, the perpetrators of this fraud don't really know whether or not the homeowner has made an application to a loan modification. But it's just like any other fraud. They play on people's fears. They play on people's desires. They send this letter that says you've been approved. Some of them will have mo- uh, applied for modifications. Others may not have. The one I had this week had been refused twice on a modification. And then receives this letter in the mail that says, congratulations, you're in this trial program. And it, as it turns out, of course, it's fraud. And right. they're directing people to make payments to a, um, a an account that is not Aquin, that does not bode to their benefit. It is a, It is some third person who's out there. Uh, collecting monies from people who believe that they're making trial payments on a loan modification, and and then they lose their home in a foreclosure, thinking that they they successfully entered into this modification. These are the types of things I deal with as okay. a real estate attorney. I know we were going to talk about all these things until the fires and the floods occurred.
0: Yeah, and that is just a shame. It you is. know, it really is a shame um, that there's people out there. Actually, but you know what? It's 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 been that way forever. People are always um, jumping on victims here and trying to make a fat. It's horrible. It's horrible, especially when it comes to modifications. And but what I wanted to ask you is the a notice of default is not the same thing as a pre foreclosure because that's just a different thing. A pre foreclosure is when they get into. A certain time period of late's on their credit report. Yeah, you know it's electronic. So t- pre, give us pre, a distinction
1: here. Pre-pre foreclosure is a made-up word. Uh, quite honestly, I mean it's not a legal term of art. Um, it generally refers to people that have fallen behind on their mortgage, and they have received a notice of default. And a notice of default has to be sent to the borrower saying you are 90 days behind or more on your mortgage. But it can also be recorded against the title of their property at at the county land records. Uh, And then that puts the borrower on notice that they need to do something. And if they don't do anything for another 90 days, then generally speaking, the lender has the opportunity to record a notice of sale and then uh, sell the property at a foreclosure auction. It's usually around a seven-month process that... In some instances, I've had clients that have gone 11 years. I had one this year, 11 years that they have not made a mortgage payment uh, during that entire time. Oh my god! And so um, we have we have had, I and mean, that's that's a whole other <laughs> show for oh a whole other day. You know? <laughs>
0: that is uh, okay. So we're getting the final finger here from Richard. Um, and just yeah, for the is, record, that's the an index, index finger. finger I know, it's yeah, but that's my yeah, thing yeah, the on this show. People, I, I leave it to yeah. their imagination. Right. Right. Um. It's a typical attorney, right? All right. (laughs) All right. You're listening to Mortgage Matters. Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. We're speaking with John Tyne, Goodwin and Tyne. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back for our final segment. Um, again, this is a really special show. Having John Tyne on here, I usually do the final segment myself. But John is so fascinating. Uh, we're going to keep him on. He's going to close the show down. Oh, thank um, you. So, John, we've covered, we were right here, um, we we're covering fraud with Aquin, and that's a shame. That's a shame that people would uh, are still doing that. There's a lot of mortgage fraud, a lot of escrow fraud. I mean, we had uh, somebody go in. We've we've had buyers wire their down payment right. to a fraudulent account, right. and it's gone.
1: Right. You know, it is gone. One of the more disturbing calls I've received in the last several years was back in uh, the QES days. And I, I mean nothing by QES because they were victims as well of this. But you may recall that Don McGann had purchased um, – uh, this ten thirty one exchange company and one oh, of my yeah. dear friends and one of my dear clients calls me and says, "Hey, listen, I uh, you know I'm set to close escrow on this property tomorrow." Uh, the Escrow company called and confirmed with the bank last night that the nine hundred some odd thousand dollars was on deposit. They, as a matter of due course, they called again this morning at seven a.m. right before recording, and the money's gone. And it had in fact been taken, taken out, out? And, and sent away. Was that it's our mutual friend?
0: We had a mutual, yes, probably, yeah, like, yeah. Probably. And um, that was a shame. How you know? I don't think our friend recovered from that. That was a uh, yeah. It's got to make you sick losing a million dollars. Somebody just taking it, stealing from you, it. yeah, stealing, stealing it. it. That's Hard-earned. that's horrible. Yeah, I mean that is just, you know, that was a that was a little bit of her life savings as well. It was,
1: and the sad thing is, you know, I've been practicing law for about twenty years now, and in the last five years, I would say I've seen a major uptick in in fraud. Uh, fraudulent loans and, and fraudulent schemes and things of that nature. And it just it, – it it's been this fascinating situation where the internet has created the, the information superhighway. And yet it seems like people, some people, become less and less educated because they assume, well, anything I need to know is just a few clicks away. So they don't have independent thought uh, and they get taken on these scams and these schemes and things of that nature. Um, but it's it, it can also be very helpful to you, right? You can also do a lot of research. You can learn about other people that have been in this. You, you mentioned this word pre foreclosure, yeah. And we and we see a lot of nonsense around that right now. Well, either lenders, as investors, or those people that are that are in uh, foreclosure,
0: right? But lenders, you know, they they label that. They take it to heart. Right. It affects a borrower. Yeah. Ninety days late on your. Well, not, not only will it affect your credit score but it affects your overall going forward if you don't address that right. and get it handled because you fall into a pre-foreclosure notice of default is not a foreclosure right nor is it a pre-foreclosure right. it's just a notice of default letting you know that you're going to get foreclosed on
1: well letting you know that you're you, in default you're in default under the mortgage and that it's an opportunity to cure that default right. and that's the purpose of it that's why we have this this uh, tiered system, if you will, where you get a notice of default, it gets recorded at the county, it's served on you in certain specific ways. Then you get a notice of sale that says, hey, you know, you've done nothing over the last 90-plus days. Ever since we told you that you were 90-plus days behind on your mortgage, you've got 21 days within which we're going to sell your property if you don't cure and this a issue. And foreclosure. That's a foreclosure. Yeah. So listen,
0: Richard has given us the final thumbs up. Hmm. Uh, we're going to close off this show by uh, John it's it's been a real treat having you on I really truly appreciate you taking the time I know that you are one of the busier guys in Santa Barbara and for you to take this time is just really special and, and it's an honor to have you on here
1: uh, thank thank you. you, Guy. It's great to see you. Uh, we love the fact that you have the show, and we hope we hope to be helpful to the listeners.
0: Absolutely. And so I'm going to hold you to you and your wife coming on next month.
1: You'll get me. I don't know if you'll get her. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Well, she's so nice and so good to look at. You know? right. I mean, come beautiful. Come on. Um, <laughs> so we've been talking with John Tyne. Uh, Good one in time, going over what's going on in the marketplace. If you want to talk with John, John, real quickly, give him your contact.
1: Uh, you know, Good one in time, Properties, we're at the corner of Mission and State Street, 805-899-1100. We'd love to help you uh, in anything related to real estate. We are attorney-trained realtors. All of our agents are attorney-trained.
0: You've been listening to Guy Rivera, your guy in the mortgage industry. We'll see you next week.